This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Podcast Nation, what is good? Uh, very special episode today. I, I believe this man will have no need for an introduction. We have Mark Zuckerberg. I have to start practicing this, Mark. I've been in a bunch of meetings saying meta. Uh, you know, just a lot of practice. You really threw me for a curveball. Yeah, I'm still getting used to it too. <laughs> uh, so uh, obviously, he, uh, Mark is at the helm and head of Meta, uh, and um, and I'm really excited to be talking to him because I really want to get into the metaverse and the Web3 world. Obviously, so much of this community is aware of uh, of uh, my involvement in the NFT space, and it's funny, on the way here I realized, oh my God, this interview is gonna go similar to the Joe Namath interview I had. Uh, for all my, my uh, sports nerd friends that listen to this podcast, when I had Namath on, I literally asked him 14 questions that were so left field compared to the normal Joe Namath questions. For example, I asked him about why we lost the AFC Championship game and didn't go to Super Bowl four instead of talking about Super Bowl three. And I realized that's what's gonna happen here because I have so many very selfish questions for Mark about this Web3 world that I'm going to be selfish with my limited time with him. So Mark, first of all, it's good to see you and how are you? It's good to see you too. It's, um, you know, it's been a while since we've done something like this, but um, I'm, I'm glad to get a chance to do it. There's a lot of exciting stuff going on right now. So, and I, um, you know, the, the reason why we come to you is, is, is because you do ask good questions. So, so let's go for it. I'm, I'm curious what you got for me. So Mark, I think um, what's really funny in the meta, pun intended, it's NFT NYC right now. And I was saying to AJ, Kevin Rose, a bunch of the old Web 2.0 friends, how much this feels like the early South by Southwest days. And obviously, the, one of the first times we sat down was, uh, was after your keynote at South by, just jamming, talking about the space. And I remember the conversation vividly because I have a solid memory and because a lot of the things we talked about about where this was all going was the topic and many of these things played out. As somebody that I feel has always had a disproportionate understanding of communication, consumer, you know, human behavior, um, give me your first hot take. I know you've had this big you know, uh, announcement the other day what is your just kind of macro thesis of the Web3 place we're going? Whether it's the metaverse, the NFT stuff, like what are we on the precipice of and how similar is it to the time where right before Facebook uh, was launched? Yeah, so the, the metaverse to me today feels like the next frontier in social connection in much the same way that social networking did when I was getting started back in, in 2004. And you know that's a big reason why we wanted to change the, the brand of the company is that you know, today I think most people think about us as a social media company. But in our DNA, you know, we're a technology company that builds all kinds of different technology to help people connect and, and tries to advance human connection. And of course, social media is one important part of that. But I think increasingly, it's gonna be about building platforms and experiences that deliver this sense of presence, like you're right there with another person. So there's, you know, of course, all the virtual and augmented reality parts of that, and there's the hardware, and I'm really excited about that, the, the work that, that we've been, you know, I mean, we've been working on that for seven years now at this point, so that's making a lot of progress. Um, but I think some of the experiences are starting to come together too. So, you know, we've, we've started to release Horizon and, you know, workrooms and, and some of these experiences where you can feel like you're present with someone in a place um, it's just pretty crazy to see how 
um, how that's taking off. And it's, you know, it's not just games, you know, games, I think is the, the natural starting point, but beyond that, um, we're starting to see at this point that social interaction and, and just hanging out is starting to become the, the biggest way that people spend time on, on these platforms that kind of makes sense. And, 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 with my and Mark, when you, say, so far. When, when you say these platforms, are you speaking specifically in the behavior you're seeing of people in Oculus? Yeah. Yeah, on, on, yeah. Break, break but, but that, you know, let's, 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 let's actually go right there because you said something in there and I hope the audience is listening. Seven years, right? And I remember like yesterday, you uh, acquiring uh, Meta, <laughs> acquiring, <laughs> Meta acquiring Oculus. Oh, always tough to know how to refer to it in the past. Yeah, tense. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use both, so stick with me. Um, the Oculus purchase was really interesting because the Instagram purchase, which I was really kind of caught up in because of some of the content I was making, the the attempt on Snap, all of those made a ton of sense because you were executing on the thing that I've always thought you had, which is where's the current attention? How do we play within that space? The Oculus one was weird for me because I was like, ooh, that's far away. Why did he do that? Um, Seven years in metaverse, people are just now starting to kind of get going. What was the thinking of that? Like, why'd you do that? Well, I mean, a lot of it is just that, you know, we spend most of our days building social apps that you use on a little phone, right? And, you know, as as powerful as that is, you have your phone with you all the time. Um, it's also pretty limiting, right? You're not delivering a, an experience where you can really feel like you're with another person. And um, in a lot of ways, that's that's sort of the ultimate dream of, of building these digital social experiences is actually being able to make it so that people can feel like they're there together and doing something together and, and kind of collaborating. And, and just no technology that we have today can deliver that. So, you know, we've... Um, you know, we've seen this progression where, you know, when I when I started the company, it was, you know, people primarily, the internet was primarily about text, right? So people right. That's right. text into a, into a computer. Then we got phones that had cameras. So the internet became a lot more visual and mobile. And over the last few years, um, internet connections have gotten a lot better for everyone. So now video is really the primary way that we share experiences. So you have this progression from text to photos to videos. Connection and, and expression ourselves keeps on getting more natural and immersive, but that's not the end of the line, right? There's gonna be something after video and it's gonna be much more immersive. Um, and it's gonna be something that that we can do throughout the day. So you'll have virtual reality for when you wanna go into a really immersive zone. Um, you'll have augmented reality to have holograms. You know, so you, you can imagine a version of this conversation, you know, three or five years from now, where instead of doing this, um, you know, over video, um, you know, you're a hologram here in my living room or I'm a hologram in, in your living room. And, Mark, I mean, that's just gonna on be that pretty point, I wanna, I wanna jump into that. Yeah. Uh, do you think, and I, you know, I've watched you talk in the past and I know how I communicate this because it's always so challenging. Is your intuition that it is three to five years from now that that is like, that the tech between 5G, which was an important step between some of the stuff you're doing and other people, other companies and entrepreneurs are doing, do you think we can actually, I, did, I saw something I think in my feed where you were fencing with somebody as a part of the announcement, yeah. Yeah. which looked wild because it was on some Obi-Wan Kenobi shit, right? Like, the, like, right? Like I was like, oh my God, it's, it's happening. Is that, is that, do you think three to five is a, a solid guess? Is that optimistic? Yeah, like, so, talk to me about that. So I think you want to break it down to there's the virtual reality side and the augmented reality side. Yep. 
VR is is here, right? I think Quest was really the form factor that was necessary to make it mainstream. Quest Two, I think, was a meaningful step beyond that, and and is is um is kind of the first mainstream hit that we've had. Um, so many millions. Was the quest? You know, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what you're allowed to share or not. So don't feel feel comfortable telling me you can't. Is there public like I'm just trying to learn no, how we much? We don't have a public number yet, but it's um, got it. But it is. Um, you know, what I can say is it's 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 many millions and it's um and it's multiple times more than Quest One, which which was yeah, sort it feel, of the, it the feels it feels that, we that way. Like we needed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that'll keep on improving and we'll keep on shipping new versions of that. Um, so there are a lot of great experiences there. And it's been really cool to see the use cases there broaden out from games to social to now having things around fitness. Right. There's so a lot out. of fit uh, that that caught my radar that there was a lot more people paying for fitness apps in Quest than I had any clue of. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, well think about it. I mean, you can, you know, it's it think it's kind of like the Peloton model where, you know, it's um, you know, but instead yeah. of having a bike or a treadmill, you just have your $300 headset and you can take it with you anywhere you want. You can do boxing or dancing or different kinds of cardio. Um, it's pretty awesome. So I think that that'll that'll go for a while and and get extended a lot. So there are all these different use cases in VR. When when you're talking about the the fencing video that I showed with Lee Kiefer yep. um, in the hologram, that you're going to need augmented reality glasses, and that's a that's a harder problem because um, first you're inventing a completely new optical stack, right? So you're not just using normal screens and, and kind of building an architecture around that, which is how how virtual reality has sort of worked to date. Um, you need to design a, a projector and, and a set of waveguides so that way you can have glasses that look normal and you can see through them. So that's there's a lot of interesting science and engineering there. But for augmented reality, if you're going to wear it throughout the day, it's just a lot more important that the form factor is like normal looking glasses, right? I mean, virtual reality, Mark, if you're you, going to do, do it in you, your living room. Do, do you think, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt, do you think by the time it hits scale that there's a chance that this is a contact lens game, not a cumbersome overlay like a glasses or a thick like how what's your take on that is that too hard i mean some people are working on that i think that that's quite a bit further off just because you know think about it it's like whatever is projecting the image needs to have an internet connection it needs to be powered right so so i mean i've seen some people have a model of a contact lens that has a little projector that's sort of like in front of your pupil and your blind spot and it can project something in but then how are you gonna kind of have that sync with the whole rest of the internet and be powered throughout the day. Um, that's well, a very what if hard I problem. put five? What if I swallowed a five G pill? <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. Let's say twenty years from now, I think that that might be a yeah. thing. But but AR glasses, I think we're going to start seeing things that look like um, you know normal looking glasses, but that can project holograms into the world. Um, you know, within the next. Five years, um, you know. I mean, I think that that's that's a somewhat conservative estimate. Did but, did, but. did Pokemon Go going back five years? Ironically, was that something you watched carefully? Because I was like, holy shit, this is yeah. now happening. People are pulling off on this highway, jumping into the woods to find a Pikachu. I would have lost. I'm pretty good at this game too, but I would have lost this bet, which was after that was such a smash hit through the phone. The fact that we're here five years later and there has not been another significant AR phone execution of that scale, surprising to me. What's your take on that? Yeah, well, I think Pokemon Go is, it, it, it was interesting and it's a, it's a real hit and it, it, it is it was an interesting huge. phenomenon. But it's, I, I consider it to be more of a location-based game 
than an augmented reality game. The fact that yep. that it shows that you that you kind of look at it through your camera, um, I think is somewhat incidental. I think the core mechanic is that you're going to a place. Um, and so you could do that with augmented reality or not, but there, there certainly is going to be a whole class of experiences that are like that. But in terms of things that that really kind of augment reality, I think you have um, you know filters, face filters, different effects like that, um, like what you see in Instagram and and Snapchat. Yep. I think that that's a that's a real thing. That's that's I think is real augmented yep. reality. I agree. Um, and certainly, I think that there's going to be a lot more opportunity there once you get to. Um, these real-looking glasses that can that can put holograms in the world. So yeah, I mean, I, I would hope that by the middle of this decade, we can have something that's sort of like that fencing um, clip that I showed. Now, the other issue on that is you need haptics, right? So that way, when you when your sword hits the hologram sword, um, you get a sense of feeling from that. Um, so that's a whole interesting other area of research. And um, I'm not sure exactly where that will be by the middle of this decade, but that's another thing that we're working on because it's it's clearly an important part of the whole picture is you need to be able to, um, you know, whether you're playing basketball or giving someone a high five or shaking their hand, you want to be able to get a sense of pressure back. Um, and that, that I think is just going to be an important part of the whole thing too. Mark, when you, when you make a move like this to get the organization to this next place, you know, I assume, because I think about when I do things, oftentimes it's more for my team internally than for the world. Like if they don't understand where I'm trying to take Vayner or my stuff, then I've got no shot. Was that a thought about this in a lot of ways of like, hey, I gotta make sure, because you're a massive company now, like is this like, I need to give everybody a North Star internally of like, look, no, no, this is what we're doing. It's not just refining the algo or a filter on Insta or something of that nature. Yeah, I mean, you get this because I mean, you're running a, a a company here, and and you know, it's like a lot of this is is really just about uh, making sure that our team knows what we're doing, right? I mean, running a company is about setting prioritization and principles for where you want to go, and um, and and I do think that it's the case that a lot of times the most effective way to communicate to the organization a level of commitment to something is to go say it externally, right? Because now people know that you're serious. I agree. So so we've been talking about this internally for many years, right? I mean, we've been working on these VR devices for for seven years. Um, We've just sort of steadily ramped up the investment um, to the point where now in 2021, we're we're investing $10 billion, more than $10 billion in this. So it's um, it's still not the biggest part of what we do, but it's it's very meaningful. I think that there, you know, you'd be hard pressed to find any other organization that cares as much about this and is putting um, as much energy into to building all these different parts of the future. And what I think you get for that is that Meta has become the premier place that if you care about these problems you want to go work on them, right? So whether that's VR, we're building the best devices. AR, I think we're the furthest ahead in terms of actually building the consumer um, glass form factor and, and all the different research around that. You know, you mentioned all, any of the other problems around that, whether it's haptics, um, you know, or a lot of the software where parts of this where people can interact. Um, you know, it's, we're, we're going to be the, the place where you can build all these different parts of the metaverse experience and then also weave them into Facebook and Instagram so, and WhatsApp. So, and that's so, going to be pretty wild. You said something that really caught my attention. Obviously, the far majority of people, almost everybody who's listening to this that runs a company is not going to be running a company of your scale. But what you said there was not only for your team, but did I hear the undertone there of the fact that you put out such a public commitment to this, you see as a recruiting 
vehicle to the best engineers in the game in this space? Yeah, well, well look, I, I just think that when you plant a flag and say that you're gonna go do something, you get haters and criticism, criticism. Of course. but you also get the people who actually care about that thing and wanna make it uh, happen are attracted to the people who I think have the courage to go say, I'm gonna go make this happen, even though it's really far off. So, so I, yeah, I think that I, all these things are, there, there are pros and cons to them, um, and, and there's a, a lot of complexity to manage, but I think that this is true no matter what size organization you're, 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 you're at, is that you know having the, um, the willingness to just go say, hey, here's what I wanna go build, um, I, I think certainly creates this self-selection dynamic where when you say, here's who I am and what I wanna go do, um, then you get people who wanna, who wanna share that. And uh, what I've found, in, in my career is that it's better to not be timid about that, right? And, and to not um, you know, pretend that you're something that you're not, um, to try to appease critics. I think you know, the more that you can just be honest to who you are and what you wanna go do, I think you'll, you'll kind of get the right people to join your team. You'll get the right investors, you'll get the right partners, and I think that that's kind of how you, how you move forward. Talk, talk to, now I'm going crazy selfish. I reference you and the company a ton in my content over the last decade as, my macro thesis, understand where the attention is, it matters so much. And I often reference your M&A uh, behavior. Can you just give me, because I want to know for myself, the insight on the Instagram deal, the WhatsApp deal. I, I'm going to leave Oculus off because that was like, I mean, I want to maybe come back to it in a few little bit given the macro metaverse combo, but specifically Instagram and WhatsApp, which I thought were really of the moment deals you know, I don't know if the corporation <laughs> acknowledges the attempt towards Snapchat. It was well, it was well talked about. I don't know the truth or not truth to it. But in again, when I heard it or when it was reported, I was like, there he is again. He's 100% right. He's on it again. Like, you know, TikTok must have must have been potentially a very different thing given the China-based guy and the complications. Like, but like it like. I I'll be very honest, every day when I saw Musical.ly way back, I'm like, Facebook's gonna make a play, Facebook's gonna make a play, right? Like, what is, am I, A, am I right that that is a big tenor of how you guys have looked at the world? B, what's that about? Yeah, um, so there are a lot of different, these kind of core social interactions that that people have in these apps that, that um, the different apps have invented over time, and I'm, I'm proud that that we've invented a bunch of them. Um, you know, going back to you know some of the core dynamics around being able to communicate with people in your college. Being like, we were the first that built newsfeed. I um, so the core social API work. By the way, on, on the record for the youngsters, um, you know, you I'm sorry to interrupt. That. By the What's way, up? I apologize. By the way, by the way, for all the youngsters listening right now, when Facebook changed from you going to somebody's wall and leaving a comment to this news feed, it was fucking carnage. Pe the number one page or group or whatever you guys called it back then was bring back the wall or whatever. Like, Mark, can you speak to that real quick? Just go back to your you know, young, young days. Like, when you guys made that move, the community within, forget nobody was even paying attention to you in the mainstream, all that stuff now. Within the world, immediately people lost their mind and now that is the core way every social network was built in. Yeah, I mean, look, I think when sometimes when you invent these things, it's, um, you know, I mean, they can be disruptive. And I think you, you just kind of need to have the commitment to, to see it through. But, you know, going back to your point about, about some of these other companies, you know, it's like there, there was a kernel with Instagram and with WhatsApp um, and, and also with, 
with companies like um, like Snapchat. I mean, I yep. think that they've you know they they created something that I think is really special and is awesome. Um, where I just looked at that and I was like, all right, okay, there there is something you know. I think people often tend to look at these social apps and think that they're frivolous, right? Early on, and right. I think that they're like these these dynamics aren't important. And um, you know, oh, it's filtered photos, or or oh, it's um, you know disappearing photos, or or w whatever it is. But or but I think that, it's you know, only these, or it's only for college kids. Yeah, I mean, well, we had that you know through our IPO and after when when our you know when when we were having a lot of business struggles. But it's um, but you know, I, I kind of looked at those and I was like, hey. I think I think that there's something that's important here. I think the world is probably underestimating this. And I also think that we have the skills as a company to go grow these things to reach more than a billion people around the world. And because we've done that with the core Facebook experience, and I think that there's two skills there. There's the there's sort of the building the social experience, and then there's the helping to ramp up a, a network around that. And that's that I think is also a core competence. So, you know, I don't know what would have happened with Instagram, you know, if we hadn't bought it. I don't think it's guaranteed that it would have grown to be as big as it is. Should I assume, because I'm a nerd when it comes to watching business behavior, that much like what you're doing with Metaverse now, which I think is the macro move of that, and that like in between now and and that scaled world, the companies that have the kernels that do best in the attention graph, whether that's in the metaverse, video, so, you know, picture, like that will always be a core focus. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's a key thing with this rebrand to meta is it's not like now we're not focused on social media. I mean, that's going to be the bread and butter of what we do. That's the, the core thing. Um, and our work to build the metaverse encompasses both building social experiences and building these future platforms like um, VR and AR. It's got to be both, right? We have to weave all of these new technologies through these social apps. And, you know, because you want to be able to jump into the metaverse and a 3D experience from your Instagram feed, right? See your, see your friend at a concert. Um, you know, we showed this as, as part of the keynote presentation, just dive in and, you know, maybe be a hologram at the concert. But, but you, a lot of the discovery around that is going to happen through the core social platforms. So, yeah, that's going to continue to be a focus. Um, we're going to keep on on focusing on growing and building apps and adding more social mechanics around that. Um, I think that there's a lot more to invent there. Um, and then I think that there's this next set of platforms, right? Where you know, I just you know, one of the things that I, I reflect on a lot is you know, social media kind of grew up with the smartphone. Yes. Right? I, Facebook got I started it in 2004. Um, I think Apple was probably already working on their iPhone design by then. It came out in 2007. So, you know, we didn't really get to shape what the smartphone was. No. Um, you know, we built a lot of the most used experiences for it, but but it's sort of co, it, it grew at the same time. And because of that, I feel like the smartphone sort of grew in a way that it's somewhat limiting in terms of the, the type of social experiences that you could have. I, I feel like there's a lot of things that I would love to build that that we can't build because we're we're kind of, constrained into this, you know, little rectangle and, and policies that some other companies set. So that's part of, for me, why I have so much passion about helping to bring about this next platform shift and accelerating it. Because I think the sooner we get to virtual and augmented reality, um, the better, the more magical these social experiences are going to be. And, and I just think, um, you know, our platforms should be designed around people interacting with each other. I think that's like how we process the world as people. And um, and that's just not how, how phones are designed. They're designed around apps today. Yeah, uh, but right. I think, you know, going back to your first question about um, NFTs and Web3, um, I think the atomic unit in the metaverse is going to be about um, 
you and 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 kind of the your stuff and your friends and your connection, right? So you're gonna you're gonna have your avatar and you're gonna have your digital clothing and and your digital tools. And unlike apps today um, that are kind of all designed to be a little bit siloed and you have to do all this extra work to get them to work together, um, in the metaverse, I think it's gonna be fundamentally more interoperable where your your fundamental experiences that you are embodied in your your identity, your digital avatar, all your stuff. And I think as a you know, as a user of this, your natural expectation is going to be that you can bring all your stuff um, in between all these experiences very seamlessly. So I, I think that that's going to be really exciting. And I just want to help bring that about as soon as possible. Mark, question I've been dying to ask you. When you first look, I mean, you probably given, and maybe I'm making assumptions, so you'll speak to it. Obviously, there was that 2017 wave with CryptoKitties. We started seeing that early kind of wave of, you know, NFTs, right? Uh, that was like kind of like the thing that... I, Punks did not hit my radar, but Crypto Kitties did in 17. Um, and obviously now this has been the year of NFTs the way we know them, whether it's Bored Ape, what I do with Friends, obviously Punks, and many Cool Cats, many, many, many projects. One of the reasons it was very easy for me when I really dug in late last year to believe in this was actually because of Farmville on Facebook. Hmm. You know, when I, there was two things that happened to me during that era. Farmville on Facebook, oh my God, people are buying these digital sheep because they want the social currency to show their friends they're good at it. And then Zay Frank, I don't remember, I don't know if you remember Zay Frank, yeah. remember? Uh -huh. Zay Frank, who's one of the first video bloggers, he had people buy virtual ducks as little tip jars and have their name hover over it. And those were the first times I was like, oh my God, People are gonna buy virtual things, virtual currency. In my book, Thank You Economy, I talk a lot about virtual currency in 2010, 11. Was it natural for you to believe in what's happening right now with NFTs because of the things like Farmville that happened on your platform? Well, I've always been a pretty big believer in virtual goods. So I think from that perspective, yeah. But I think a lot of the, the magic of, um, of NFTs and a lot of the Web3 work is that it's designed in a way to be fundamentally interoperable. So I think that that's gonna be really important because it'll help break down these silos between different apps and make it so that all your stuff can be just um, you know more portable Yours. between these different experiences, which I think increasingly is what people are going to expect. Um, but so I, and I think that that's going to be a big part for creators of making it really worth investing in because you know if you're if you're designing a digital good for um, for Farmville and it only works within there, then like. I don't know. I mean, it's it, it's know, limited. You, you kind of get to the point where most of the people who are going to be building that. Yeah, are I, mean, be Zynga, I mean, to right? to your point, here here's the world we live in now. You're a young kid and you're in Minecraft or Roblox. You grow up and you want to go to Fortnite. All that money you invested is kind of stuck in there. In the world that you're talking about right now, the 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 Roblox and Minecraft of the future. When you're done with that, you're just going to trade it for your Fortnite stuff. You're gonna trade the Fortnite stuff or sell it, or it's all gonna be in that one global ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, the analogy that I that I like to think about is, you know, you, I, I like your Knicks hoodie. Thank but you, But it's, you know, it's a, imagine if you bought a jersey and you could only use it in the sports arena, 
that when where you bought it right. right it's like that would that would be sort of lame and it would yep. um reduce the value of buying it right That's so right. um because you know who's going to want to buy something if they can only use it in 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 that arena i mean some people would but but a fraction of the number of people who would who would want to buy it if they could use it in all these different places and then if the amount of commerce is going to be less then that's going to attract fewer creators. So I think having it be more interoperable is going to be key to making the whole thing so dynamic. What's interesting about that in a much more interesting human behavior way is people will wear it, to your point, it's limiting. What's also interesting is the clout, the equity, the social currency carries more weight from a tribalism behavior standpoint in Madison Square Garden, which I'm looking at right now, than it does outside, though it has tremendous value outside. What I'm incredibly interested in is the following. Obviously, I don't remember if it was Twitter, I think it was Twitter who did the blue check mark first, right, the verification. We, we've now lived through a decade where verified accounts, following counts, social equity through visualization, we've seen it with followers and, ver- and verified accounts, right? the extremity of the NFT space is gonna be even greater for what that means. It's almost like our world is all about to become the fashion industry because we communicate so much through what we wear. The digital version of that is gonna have an incredible impact on society. Oh, totally. I mean, I think if we're all spending a lot more time in the metaverse, then I think we're gonna care a lot about our representation of our identity and we're going to want Correct. different outfits and um i don't know maybe everyone except me i just wear the same thing but but it's um but, but, <laughs> did you but steal that from steve jobs mark, are going to, did you, mark hard-hitting question did you steal wearing the same thing every day from steve jobs i don't think so i, I just <laughs> think i was maybe a little lazy um, yeah, and then like had some kind of um some some good articulation of like oh yeah this is just about saving mental energy but I I think um, I don't know I was <laughs> never really a um, but you know what's funny really Mark a- I'll be honest with you I actually think that's the punchline you consciously or subconsciously made that decision to represent yourself and I think that going digital is going to be extraordinary yeah I really do I really think that people are grossly underestimating that almost all the things we've been doing are about to get more visual, more collateralized, more obvious, right? Like, I don't think a lot of people realize why they bought a Rolex. I really don't. I don't think a lot of people realize, like I don't think I overthink why at 45 years old, I look like I'm 13 right now, right? Like there's a lot going on in that. And I think that when it hits digital, it becomes more obvious. I think a lot of people's conversation about what's going on on digital is actually just showing us what we are much more than anything else. And so I think as we go into the realm of consumerism is insane, right? Like when you think about how much people buy things to communicate, that going digital and being so in our faces, because so many of these things sit in our homes where 99% of our social graph never sees it, that going to a full 100 is fucking crazy. Yeah, but I think you're hitting on a number of important pieces here. I mean, first, a lot of people think about this as, as kind of commerce, and I think a lot of it is actually really expression, right? which is the core social Correct. dynamics. So the intersection between that expression and your identity and then the commerce around that, especially if we can get it to be interoperable, so it's a more fluid market, I think is just gonna be a really 100%. big deal. Uh, much bigger than I think people people sort of internalize today. The other thing that I think is just, um, 
you know, really refreshing and, and insightful to hear you talk about is all the lessons from you know some of the previous rounds of development. You know, I, I hadn't really thought before you raised it about you know some of the the early Farmville experiences or or some of the stuff from from a decade ago. But but I think you're right that there is a clear through line, right, both between the the kind of social interactions that people have. Um, and the types of commerce, and you know, obviously, there's more technology now that um, that can make it more interoperable, and that can um, you know give people more rights over the goods that they have, and you know, on the AR and VR side, making it so people can feel a more realistic sense of connection. But um, but I, I think you're right that a lot of these concepts are not fundamentally new. They're sort of the next iteration on on kind of. Um, uh, just dynamics that are evergreen and that are just always going to be and always have been very important to people in terms of how we connect and interact with it's, each other. It's, it's my take on what happened when you were inventing. I'm like, oh, people put their kids' school on their back of their windshield to flex. My kid's going to Harvard and might drop out. But you know, like, like that's what they would do, right? Like they would literally, like we've been doing all these same things. Digital's just exposing truths and scaling truths and I think the new frontier of 3.0 metaverse is gonna take us to a completely different place that I do think Web2 gave us a slight preview to. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Mark, uh, since we only have a couple more minutes, have, have you thought, do you own any NFTs? Have you thought about buying any? Like, I feel like you're going more platforms, obviously, you as the executive is platform side metaverse. That makes so much sense. It's kind of like leapfrogging. I understand that cold, especially the hardware software dynamic that I think you've been through the last 15 years makes all the sense to me in the world. How about you, the human being? Have you, like, were you a collector? Were you a comic book? Like, did you collect as a kid? I, so I, I was pretty into baseball cards. My man. Um, and, and that, that um, yeah, so. I had that, um, you know, maybe a few comic books, but more Man. for entertainment than collection. Got understood. Um, the baseball cards, I mean, I was, I was really into that, especially, I mean, baseball, I think, is really like the um, the nerds game. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's so, math. Um, You're you know, a nerd, it's Mark. Like, it's so, so I mean, I get it. You right? love that it's, math uh, shit, Mark. I mean, let's call a spade a spade. But, but have you jumped into NFT land yet? Yeah, well, look, I mean, I try to use all this stuff, right? I mean, so... By the way, real quick, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt. I know I've been, I'm, I'm excited. I got to give you this shout out because this is back to the one thing I've always connected with you on, using all this stuff. I don't know if you remember this, but when Chat Roulette came out, uh -huh. which obviously had a 45-minute cycle because at first it was brilliant and then it got weird real fast, literally the first night, I had m multiple people take screenshots because... You were, because I was early on fan pages and you were, uh, you were on my fan page on Facebook and people connected on interests and you were literally there and Facebook was already a real company and you were like running a big company and sure enough, at very late into the night, you were literally clicking around, meeting people randomly. A, do you I mean, remember I feel like that? You gotta, you gotta use the stuff firsthand, right? It's tough to that, just have that. someone explain to you um, or like write a, you know, presentation about what it's like. I mean, so I've had some pretty funny experiences over the years trying to use different different social products. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, like probably one of the one of the funnier ones I think is, you know, at some point I decided that I really needed to understand how dating apps worked. And at this point I was like, you know, I've been dating Priscilla for a long time or we may have yep. even been married already. And yep. so I was like, look, Priscilla, it's like just so you know, like I'm going to I'm going to um Sign up for some dating apps. Um, and, Mark, and somebody like, connecting with can, the Zucks on Tinder but, is the greatest thing I could ever imagine. Well, 
I, I think I was on one. Um, I think it was called Coffee Meets Bagel. They give you one oh, match remember. a day. Yeah. And 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 I and I got this match, and it was Priscilla's friend, and she was getting <laughs> dinner with her the next night. And I was like, all right. I'm like Priscilla. Just so you know, like this 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 um this came up. You know, just <laughs> heads up. But but no, look. I mean, I, I just believe that if you want to be in the game building stuff. You, you, your hands you really through. should My remain man. curious yep. and and keep using all this. So yeah, I mean on on all the crypto work, I mean I try to try to kind of be involved and and um and experience that. I'm mean, I think there's a lot of parts of the experience today that are um you know still pretty early, yep. right? And you know I I hesitate to say something um you know pejorative like like broken because I think it's you know I have much more of the attitude of it's just not as great yet as it will be in the future. Um, That's for damn sure. Some people, you know, they, they look at something and they're like, oh, this isn't good. But I think, you know, part of the art of the whole thing is just figuring out when something they're, they're, um, Mark, is they're going not, to be awesome. They're, but they're, it, not, just, they're not historians. Of course, Web3 doesn't work as well as Web2 15 years later. Like shopping carts in 1996 took three minutes to buy something. People yeah. forget that people forget the cuckoo to even get on the internet. Like people forget and they're not historians, and I think that's where they can learn. Mark, thank you so much for your time. I know you're busy. I appreciate you being on the podcast. Happy to do it. All right, catch you soon.